Second Corinthians chapter six and verse seventeen. We come in on a Wednesday night after doing whatever we do throughout the week, out in the world. And thinking about the world, that's what I want to talk about tonight. You know, I I was asked one time, how do you separate yourself from the world, Kenneth? And, And what does it mean to separate yourself from the world? And how do you do it? When I think about separation from the world, I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. It says, Wherefore... Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. That's talking about the human race. But when you're talking about the world and, and th- that word cosmos, you're talking about this material universe. You're talking about the present order of things that's going on right now. I, I kind of think of the world as, as this decorated environment all around us trying to attract us into the things that we should not be doing. The things that appeal to our sin nature. The world, everything you see outside of what Christianity is and produces, you've got it. That's the world. Outside of, outside of saved people, outside of the Bible, God's holy word, outside of Christian fellowship, outside of the church, outside of deeds that are done in Christ, you have the world out there and, and all that is involved in it. You know, something else that you think of when you think about this world is all the hatred that's going on in this world. Um, greed, anger, and, and killing that is happening. Think about who the manager of this world is. It's, it's Satan. And, and think about it as I'm saying these things. The Christian is, is struggling to separate himself from the world sometimes, but think about how awful this is. Satan is the manager of it. The world caters to our sin nature. The world caters to our flesh. It doesn't appeal to anything spiritually that God has put in us or in God saving us and changing us. It doesn't appeal to anything within our salvation and the salvation living inside us and Jesus living inside us. It gets the attention of our flesh, though, this world does. It attracts us. Through the flesh, the, the natural man, if you will. The side of us that could lust for impure desires that, that was crucified with Christ, but it, but it rose up again when we chose sin. And, and so there it is being attracted to this world and, and we're, and we're drawn in two different directions. You know, there's a side of us that experiences the temptation to sin. There is a constant temptation to sin that you and I will fight until we leave this world, until the Lord takes us home to heaven. 
I mean, do I need to, do I need to name the things that, that decorate this world? You've got your, your drinking establishments. You've got your, your nightclub, the, the 24 hour newsstand, clothing styles that are very worldly out there that, that aren't appealing to, to the Christian. How about some music? That, that is, that is representation of this world. Most movies, I can't watch a movie anymore hardly with it, without having the world ruining the movie for me in some way, just a little bit. Late night TV, you're gonna find a lot of worldliness there. Um, we could go on and on with that, but we have quite a decorated environment all around us that is trying to attract us to go against the things of God, to be drawn into sin. All of these things tempt us. There are, there are so many things, and we could go into a little list of things that tempt us. Drunkenness, fighting, filthy communication out of the mouth, uh, Sex, teenage pregnancy, children before marriage, uh, greediness with money, killing over money, children that are disobedient to parents, children that are not only disobedient to parents, but they just disrespect parents, children's disrespect to adults, the, the selfishness of parents not being involved in a child's life. Uh, the laziness of, of parents not disciplining their children. All of these things that, that, that help to create the, the bad environment that we have all around us in this world. This is the, the advertising of this world and the effects of this world. Uh, in, in a list of what we have just shared and just described. And, and there's temptation into that stuff. This is what we're born with a desire to do. Let us understand and admit that. Uh, no one was born right the first time. We must be born again. We're all born with the sin nature of Adam and a desire to do these things. Uh, you can expect to experience constant temptation throughout your life for the wrong things, to do the wrong things. A normal, natural life is naturally going to fall right into the rut of worldly living. The sin nature immediately leads us right into these things. I knew a man that that had a bad drug problem at an early age and... His parents did everything they could to help him, and they moved him up to Dallas to stay with his aunt and uncle. And for about six or seven weeks, he did fine. He sat in the apartment all day long while they were at work, and they never left. And he dried out, and he, and he got better. And the one day, he decided to go take a stroll through this neighborhood in Dallas that he had never been in before. He didn't know anyone. He found himself connected with the same type of people that he was connected to back home here in Houston. And, and he just got right back into it. He, would, he just fell off into it. He was attracted to it. He was an unsaved man. That's all he could do is, is fall right back into that. As we think about what Jesus says in Matthew fifteen nineteen, He says, For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. And then Jeremiah said, 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We're born with a heart filled with sin and we are ruled by a sin nature. Paul talks about this struggle that he had through Romans uh, chapter 7 is what I'm kind of thinking of on my mind right now. You know, Satan knows that forbidden things are very desirable to the human nature. So he has this decorated world to try to bring out the worst in us. He cannot do anything to the salvation of God's people, but he can do something to their life while they're here and try to ruin our lives by what He is trying to do to draw us to the things of the world, the things of sin in in this world. Sin deceives us and sin will destroy us. Left to ourselves... We're just, we just perish on our own. We fall under the power of sin left to ourselves. Definitely, easily, no problem. Romans 7.18, what Paul was saying there, he was saying that in himself, he knows that there is nothing good at all. He was 100% worldly He was a, when he was a lost man, but after trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he still found himself in a struggle with the temptations of this world. He, as you get to the end of Romans chapter 7, he comes to the solution and he says, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank my God through the Lord Jesus Christ. In his own ability, he was trying to do what he could to separate himself, to be able to do the things of God and not to give in to the temptations that were were constantly coming his way and he was miserable trying to do it in his own ability. He didn't want to just be connected to Jesus, be saved and go to heaven. He wanted to be truly separated from this world. That's a good desire for you and I as children of God that we might be separated from this world. That's good if, if we know what we mean in that and, and we know how in the world to do this. Why should we be separated from this world? Well, because the Lord tells us to. He says we're going to as His children in His will. So that's good enough alone right there simply to desire to be separated from this world. Jesus said in the true Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17, uh, He speaks of His children and He says that they are not of this world. He, and he repeats it over and over. And then in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, the child of God to this world, it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Separation from the world. How do we do that? I had no idea 
when I got saved. Uh, here I worked with, with about 42, 43 guys at, at Bluebell. And there was one, maybe two Christians. I wasn't one of them at the time. And so you had 40 guys of the world lost, dead in their sins, me being one of them, and I did everything that they did, went everywhere they went, said everything they said, was disrespectful in every way that I could be. And, and they loved it when I was going to church about once a, once a month, maybe twice a month I would go. And they loved, they loved that because I was doing what they did and I was going to church. They would joke with me and say, you're going to church in the morning, Kenneth, and laugh about it. After I did everything that they did. And then, and then God saved me. I trusted in Jesus Christ personally as my Lord and Savior. I understood that no religion could ever get me to heaven. No amount of setting in church, no amount of, of ritual things I, I could do, nothing on my own could get me to heaven. But, but calling upon Jesus Christ, trusting in Him as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of sins, I found out that that was the way to heaven. Jesus is the, the, the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by Him. So it wasn't religion. It's only relationship that anyone in this world goes to heaven. And, and, I found, and, and I found my way there because Jesus was drawing me and I trusted Him. And I was saved. I knew immediately that day that I was, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the Old Testament prophets or, or a whole lot of things, but I knew that Jesus died for my sins and was buried and raised again for my sins. And I could trust Him just as I was personally as my Lord and Savior. And I did that. I knew I did that. I went to my mom and dad's house after church that morning and told them what I did and, and they didn't understand it all. But I knew I was saved. And I go back to work Monday morning. And I've done all the things that I've done hanging out with these guys. And I knew immediately that wasn't the life that I was saved into. I knew that that's what I was saved from. And I thought, how in the world am I going to do this? How am I going to... Tell them no, that, that I'm not coming over this weekend, and, and how is all of this going to go? And, and I didn't know how to say it or what to say at first, and so uh, uh, people move trucks around the lot all the time there at Bluebell, so I left my radio on a Christian radio station all the time, and I knew when they got in to turn that key and to move my truck, they were going to hear some music that they don't ever listen to, that they knew I never listened to. And I, I left my, my, my little pocket Bible, my switchblade there. I call it my, you know, if this is your sword, my pocket Bible is my switchblade. And I left it sitting there on the seat. They could see that, you know, and I thought that would be a good thing. And, and I talked about going to church. I talked about going to church before, but not very often because I didn't go often. Now I was saying I was going all the time. And then I kind of, uh, turned my nose up to their sin and let them know I didn't approve of that and I don't do that at all. And that didn't help much. That didn't make me a very good witness. But whenever I just started chatting with them and, and trying, to, trying to not look like I'm better than them because I'm, I, I'm not and I wasn't, and just talking about sports with them and, and they knew I wasn't using the language that they use in front of me, next thing you know, they're not using that language in front of me. 
and even apologizing when they do. I became a, a lot better witness when I wasn't, when I wasn't trying to, to make them see I was a Christian by, by the music in my truck or, or the switchblade sitting on my seat or, you know, so, so when you, when you're talking about separation from this world, we're called to separation from this world. It's a different, it's a difficult thing, you know. Jesus said, not, we're not only to separate from this world, but Jesus said, we're the light of the world and we're the salt of the earth. So how do we separate from this world? What does it mean? You know, we're to be in the world. We're not to be of the world. We're to work with lost people. We're to shop with lost people. We're to eat with lost people, people of the world in restaurants. We're to, we're to, we're to sit around with lost people. We're to do business with lost people and to reach them for Christ. We're to be out there in the world. There's a lot of people that don't understand that in separation from the world. We, we are to be out among them to reach them for the Lord. Separation from the world, and I know Christians have tried this before. I know I've tried it in several ways that are wrong. Separation from the world, it's not to try so much to, to look different. It's not to try to make yourself stand out as different or, or to put forth great effort into people knowing what you do or what you do not do. You just... You just simply surrender your life to Jesus Christ and you fully serve Him with your life. You're busy doing that and that is, is what you do. Let your life be busy in ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be busy doing something the life is. So fill it with the things of God. You know, I, I remember having anxiety over, over who I needed to become. Who do, who do I need to become? What do I need to become? What do I need to look like as a Christian? And then God called me to be a preacher. What do I need to look like now? And how do I need to carry myself? And, you know, I didn't have any background. No, this is, there's no Christian background here, so... So I'm just trying to find myself here in all the wrong ways on my own. And, and I would go to preacher meetings. And this one fellow, this one wise, wonderful preacher named Melvin Holyfield, he came up to me and uh, put his 80-year-old hand on my shoulder. And, he, and it's, I had never said a word. And he says, Brother Kenneth, he said, God called, God saved this old boy, Kenneth Preston. You, you be Kenneth Preston and serve the Lord with your life. Let, and he said, let the Lord change you. You don't change for the Lord. He changes you. When we surrender our lives to Him, and we're serving Him, He's going to be changing us. 
He's going to be separating us from the Lord, from the world. Sorry. You don't have to put effort into separating yourself from the people, from the places, from the things that your eyes want to do, from the things that the flesh wants to do, the things of this world. You serve the Lord and the world will separate from you. When granddaddy was called to preach, all of a sudden, he thought his deodorant wasn't working anymore because all of his friends separated from him. It wasn't a deodorant thing. It wasn't a, a, a thing, a, a physical thing. It was a spiritual matter. He was serving the Lord with his life and the world separated from him. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 19, He says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. Because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. When you surrender, when your life is surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're living in the will of God, serving the Lord. The things of the world... They just don't fit in anymore. It doesn't fit in to the life of the child of God that's in the will of God, that is serving God. They do not fit. When you surrender to the Lord, certain people in your life just will not fit anymore. There's There's a lot of people that I haven't seen much of since I've been saved. I love them, but... And it's not, and, and I don't take it personal. It's not, it's not a, a matter of me naturally. It's a spiritual matter that has caused the separation. It's, it's not about trying to turn away from, from, from the things of the world, the worldly shows, the worldly clothes, the worldly music, the worldly movies and people. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's not about the effort in trying to do that. It's turning to a committed, devoted life given to Jesus Christ to do what He wants to do with. You don't fight Not to look at this, not to look at that, not to speak this way, not to speak that way, or to, you don't fight not socializing worldly. You focus on the one that has saved you that the world hates, the one that worldliness just doesn't fit in with, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And separation from the world happens from what He does Through you and I. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Present your bodies 
a living sacrifice. They put that, that animal sacrifice on the altar of the Old Testament and, and, they, and they burned that thing up to ashes and until it was consumed and, and it became a dead sacrifice. But we, we don't lay down on an altar. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice to be consumed by Jesus Christ and to do the things that He wants us to do. And when we are consumed by Him, there is no time, there is no place for the things of the world. The desires of the flesh are always there, but they are overcome by your strength in Jesus Christ when you're serving Him. And and so, separation from the world, it's not something... If we spend our lives trying to do that in our own effort, it's going to be a miserable struggle. It's never going to happen. But if it's something that Christ does through us as He matures us and changes us and sanctifies us, it's something that next thing you know you look around and it's happened. It's something that He's done through you. So separation from the world. Definitely something to... to to sit and to meditate on and to think about and to apply to your life. I know all the failures of it in my life and, and we're definitely not there yet. We're never going to be, we're never going to have it together and completely separated from it until we get to heaven. I, I preached away Sunday and a, and a man came to the altar and he said, well, I was just saved two weeks ago. And he said, and, and, um, I just want you to pray for me. He said, I just want to get to that place where everything's right and I'm doing everything good. And I said, young man, what's your name? And he said, Ray. I said, Ray, that's going to happen when you get to heaven, okay? But until then, you're going to have a steady struggle. But the struggle doesn't have to be as bad as what we might think it is if we're misled on what separation from the world is. If we're trying to do it in our own ability, it's going to be a miserable struggle. Let Jesus separate you and I from the world. Amen. Well, I will turn it over to you for uh, some good singing and prayer request and praise report. All you young men, uh, I will see you in the gym right now. <laughs>